Welcome to Foresight, the CPA podcast. I'm Neil Morrison. So far this season, we've explored developing and emerging issues that are largely speculative. Whether it's the rise of generative AI or Generation Z, the impact will be felt in the future. Not far in the future, but it will be a few years before things really take shape. On this episode, we're digging into an issue that has already emerged. The change has already arrived. And as Shreya Mayer says, It's definitely a significant change and will be quite disruptive. Shreya Mayer is a senior associate at ESG Global Advisors. And the change she is describing is the launch of the new IFRS Sustainability Disclosure Standards. The International Sustainability Standards Board rolled out the first of these disclosure rules last June. And essentially, these standards lay down the rules for companies to share information about their sustainability practices, as well as their exposure to climate-related risks. And according to Shreya, the arrival of this new disclosure criteria has created something close to a sense of panic. I would say the panic is likely coming from traditionally or historically, the way that sustainability information has been reported on has been through standalone reports like a corporate sustainability report. And the finance function has worked separately from the function that typically prepares this report. And so financial reports have typically been published in a very different timing than a sustainability report. And now panic is coming from how that information needs to be integrated within the financial reports and at the same time, because that is a requirement from the ISSB's published standards, that the timing of sustainability reporting needs to come out at the same time as as financial reports are published. And is is that just more demanding, that it's more frequent? Why would it matter if it, if It, it needs to come out in May rather than it used to come out in July? Yeah. So firstly, it's depending on where a company's sustainability journey is with their reporting and the information that they're providing to the market, preparers within a company will need to think about a few things. Firstly, do they have the internal processes and controls in place to have sustainability-related risk and opportunities assessed, monitored, managed, and disclosed in the reports. It will need to go through the same rigor and standard as how financial data is prepared and reported Mm. on. And so that makes it a little bit challenging in terms of timing because it will need to be in parallel with financial data being prepared. And if a company is going through an assurance process and it will also need to follow that same timeline. So it puts a little bit of pressure on preparers in, in ensuring that the data f- related to sustainability information is is being assessed in a timely mm-hmm. manner, is monitored, and it's integrated within companies' processes. You mentioned earlier on that this is going to be disruptive. But why is it, in some ways, it feels like it would be less disruptive because it would be the cons- it's consolidated. Right now, we have three different systems, at least three different approaches. 
to reporting on yeah. these uh, things. And now we're just going to unify and everybody's going to be speaking the same language. Everybody's going to be delivering it in the same way. That feels like it might, from it would seem that might settle things down rather than be disruptive. I think in the long run, long term, certainly it will. It's just more so in this transitionary period where these initial costs will come in terms of integrating the process for sustainability risk and opportunities, but also from an upskilling perspective. Um, as CPAs, our bread and butter is understanding regulations and standards and providing credibility to the information that is being disclosed for primary users of reports, of financial corporate reports. However, there is now a need to upskill in ESG knowledge and information. So that disruption will really come from understanding how climate risks can impact company value and how sustainability risks such as social governance risks will also impact company value and performance. Um, so, for example, if a company is has various facilities or manufacturing warehouses near coastal lines or areas of um, increasing wildfires, if one of their facilities or warehouses is impacted by it, this could disrupt their operation. Mm. The additional risk of a flood or a wildfire near a business's operations from climate change. How, how do you turn that into numbers? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's definitely an area where CPAs, again, will probably need to upskill in the knowledge of scenario analysis and modeling. We certainly have the competency when it comes to modeling and forecasting on financial data. But I think where we'll need to upskill is the scenario modeling and understanding how different global warming temperatures can impact a company's operations. And I think it will also be a matter of working with various other professions like actuarials mm -hmm. who have understood how to quantify these risks and working with them to apply that knowledge into the financial data of a company. And how is that? Is this a completely new thing? Or were most organizations who were filing sustainability reports, were they already doing something like this, trying to quantify the risk from things like climate change? Yeah, um, you know, his, traditionally companies have been doing that and perhaps more in a qualitative perspective. Mm. And because it's not, it hasn't necessarily been mandatory. So the drive and pressure to quantify it hasn't necessarily been there because companies do understand that there will be a cost to do so. So weighing, outweighing the cost and benefit, um, you know, prior um, kind of lean towards not necessarily quantifying it. So from a qualitative perspective, it's definitely and certainly been there. But I think where the disruption will come from is the quantitative mm -hmm. perspective. It's quantifying the data. So, it, And to do will, that, they're going to have go to ahead. work with other, as you said, they're going to have to start working with other professions, actuarials, actuaries. Yeah, and engineers right. as well. One of the biggest things for IFRS S2 is it's very focused on climate-related disclosures. And that includes scope one, scope two, scope three emissions. And scope three emissions, as you can imagine, is the beast. What is a scope three emission? Is, uh, 
Scope 3 emissions are uh, emissions that are coming from upstream and downstream of a value chain. So it's not necessarily controlled by an operation. It's in, it's controlled by an, another upstream or downstream operations within their value chain. Wow. Yeah. So it'll get quite big. It'll be a web that a lot of companies will need to quantify their entire value chain. And so in order to do that, it'll be a lot of collaboration with other companies and um, other professions to be able to measure the emissions. And a lot of engineering engineers have that capability and competency to do so. Mm. It's interesting that you mentioned the supply chain because whether it was a company's own performance on things like carbon emissions or the performance of different parts of their supply chain, the primary risk for businesses when it came to ESG reporting was reputational. And how is that going to change with this new approach, this new standard? I think the way it will change is standardization. You now have a set of disclosure requirements that are very prescriptive in what you need to disclose and how you disclose it. So I think certainly it will help mitigate a lot of that reputational concerns and it will help mitigate some of that greenwashing that a lot of companies were previously or have been accused of. So in some ways, if you're, a, if you're a company that's actually been actually doing well on these standards, yeah. you haven't been greenwashing, this is co good news for you because it, it reduces that idea that people can, can just criticize you for glossing over things. You can actually point to something and say, no, this is, we're doing it for real. Absolutely. And what's probably critical to underscore here is the internal processes that a company will have to be able to disclose on that data. So very similar to financial data, companies would need to have an internal controls financial reporting process. And so that you know that there is rigor and credibility around the data that's being disclosed. So similarly with sustainability related risk and opportunities, it will also need to be, it'll need to go in parallel or integrated within that financial reporting controls process. And then the credibility further comes from the ability to assure the data. Mm -hmm. In your work, you help organizations to prepare this sort of reporting. What have you noticed is the biggest challenge they face? So first, I'm going to talk about the organization and then CPAs within that organization who are preparing this sort of thing. What are the biggest challenges they face? That's a really good question. I think the biggest challenge that we're seeing is firstly around the data, gathering the data internally. And it's also a lot of internal education and awareness on sustainability and how it can have an impact to company performance. Mm. So a lot of times what we do is we work with companies to essentially identify what their most material topics are on ESG sustainability. So things like climate change, health and safety, human capital. And then accordingly, we work with them to set those strategies and the metrics that they'll need to report on for the disclosures. And I think the second challenge is it's the time and the cost to for that reporting process. It, it, it does take, it is quite timely and it, it does take a lot of effort to be able to gather that data. Um, a lot of that data sometimes can be done manually. 
if it's not on the same sort of systems or processes as financial reporting. So, and then the third thing is probably around the upskilling and education on ESG, like just understanding what you're reporting on and how, and the needs of your stakeholders reading, reading this information. What new skills, you've hinted a little bit at it, but I'm wondering what new skills are CPAs going to need to develop if, to be able to meet this new challenge? So I think we're well, really well positioned because we we understand the regulatory uh, perspective. We understand how to apply standards. We have a very good solid foundation on financial reporting. So it's a matter of how we what our knowledge is when it comes to sustainability and its impact to a company's performance. And it can be, and sustainability is, it's a, it's got quite a bit of breath. So, you know, you have your environmental risks, you have your social risk, you have your governance risks. So really understanding these specific types of risks that are material to a company and, and understanding its impact to financials. And secondly, it's it's most likely just understanding how to do the scenario mo- modeling um, so that you have a good understanding of future scenarios over the short term, medium term and long term. It feels like it's something that if you're a CPA and you haven't been operating in this space, that you need to get on this. You need to quickly skill yourself up. Yeah, and it, and I'm sure it can be quite daunting for a lot of CPAs that haven't necessarily been focusing in on the space. However, it it is something that is it's very applicable to your to the CPA profession. And I know a lot of there's been a lot of educational awareness out both from the ISSB, from CPA Canada, governing bodies, just and even within companies, just working with with not only CPAs, but other employees and professions within a company to understand and get a good grasp of of this Mm -hmm. landscape. So looking ahead, let's say the next five years or so, what are you going to be watching for? Yeah, it's a good question and certainly a lot to, to consider. Of course, nobody has a crystal ball. Come on. So it's... That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> well, I can give some sort of speculations of what I feel would likely be something to watch out for. And firstly, it's really seeing how jurisdictions and if and whether they will mandate applying these standards from the ISSB and its impact to companies. You'd want to understand, particularly for the private market how it's going to impact their reporting processes and just given in Canada a good significant percentage of com- small, medium-sized businesses contribute to Canada's GDP. And so how it will impact their corporate reporting processes if they ever do choose to go public. Uh, they'll need to consider a lot of the regulatory costs related to it. And for public companies, it's really un- how they're going to integrate and apply these standards. So within the Canadian context, we have the Canadian Sustainability Standards Board that is working in lockstep with the ISSB to ensure interoperability and also to ensure how these standards are going to work in parallel with other IFRS related standards in the Canadian jurisdiction. And I think another aspect to watch out for 
is how scope three emissions will play out. Because right now with ISSB, they've provided a relief where if you apply the IFRS S2 standards in the first year, you won't need to disclose on scope three emissions. And there's a lot of uncertainty on the how and the if, and especially around double counting. And so we'll need to watch out for the space as to how companies will wrap their heads around measuring scope three emissions and reporting on it. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be the tricky one. Okay. Yeah. So we started off saying there's some degree of panic. Think what's your sense? Is that going to subside? Is it necessary? Or what would you say just as a parting thought? What would you say to well, you probably have clients who you're counseling and uh, talking down from that state of panic? What's your advice to them? Yeah, it's a good question. I think certainly we have time. So with the IFRS uh, standards, it, they won't be, if they will in fact be mandatory, it, the earliest they'll probably be is reporting period of uh, 2024. And that again is if our Canadian jurisdiction and our regulators in Canada mandate this reporting. That's, that's not far away. No, it's not. And so what I my advice would be is to just get started on this journey and the understanding of it. It's better to be prepared in advance and have your systems and your processes in place and a good understanding of your own sustainability risks and how it impacts your company, because there's other benefits to it, such as lowering cost of capital, even gaining access to capital, getting customer preferences, as we're seeing a shift in the space overall that folks in in, in society are choosing products and services that are more eco-friendly and are considering sustainability within operations. So it's just a matter of just getting started and not necessarily shooting for the moon, but it'll be very much a crawl, walk approach, crawl, walk, <laughs> run approach. And with the standardization, it's going to be quite helpful given that a lot of your a lot of companies' peers and other reporters will be reporting on the same sort of data and information. Yeah. So it's recognizing that there's opportunity here. There's it's gonna be a challenge, but there's opportunity exactly. here. Yes, there's definitely opportunity for co yeah. collaboration. I think this has been super helpful, Shreya. Thank you so much for speaking with me about it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for hosting. Shreya Verma Mayer is a senior associate with ESG Global Advisors. And that's it. That's the final episode of season five of the podcast. We have really covered a lot of ground again this season. We've looked at the rise of Generation Z, generative AI, and the rise of polarization in the workplace, and whether accounting should be part of STEM. And we've also examined the ways that day-to-day -day practice of a CPA is changing with the advent of continuous audit. And as we just heard, new standards for sustainability reporting. It's clear that there's no shortage of change coming to the profession. If you missed any of those episodes, you can go back and listen anytime. And I encourage you to also look through our past seasons. There's lots of great stories there. If you've enjoyed this season, please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Foresight, the CPA podcast is produced for CPA Canada by Podcraft Productions. And please note the opinions expressed by our guests are theirs alone and not necessarily those of CPA Canada. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Neil Morrison. <laughs>